my genie. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's pause after that hilarity. <laughs> okay, find your seat. Okay, and good morning. Good morning. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the frame and then I'll guide us in for our instructions this morning. So today we would like to turn to the third channel of uh, mindfulness, of mindfulness of the citta, mindfulness of mind. And mind here is not just how we sometimes think of mind as up here in modern people, but mind citta is the whole sensitive, resonant, affective, we can be affected and affecting receptivity that you might call you. We could usefully say that this um, is between the cognitive functioning and the body. Thoughts are kind of declarative and tell themselves, uh, announce themselves. The body we have been practicing with, um, letting themselves be known through the felt sense, through the um, sensation, the realm of sensation. And the citta, we could say, usefully for our activity today, not as an ultimate proposition, but as a proposition for our practice of mindfulness and discrimination and looking deeply. The citta, in a way, between the head and the body. This channel is always on, whether it is on really loudly and really obviously, this heart, mind. For example, when we're enraged, the mood, the emotion, the affect, the um, mind state, when we're enraged, the channel is really broadcasting, obviously. When we're in passionate love, the channel is broadcasting loudly. But it goes also very much more subtle than that and is not always obvious to us or the channel that we're aware of. One sobering and also potentially liberating thing to consider is that this citta, this channel that is always on, is always receiving, so like the kind of satellite dish um, image, is always receiving from internally and externally and is always transmitting. We cannot help but transmit ourselves. I used to think transmission was some super-duper thing that happened by super-duper spiritual teachers. Maybe. But actually, each one of us is always transmitting ourselves. We invariably make an impact in this world. And so to try and pull that away or to try and over-assert it is our suffering. 
but as we're here the channel is on so we do well to become mindful of it to be sensitive with it and to discriminate well so that we can be less taken for a ride by our ignorance of citta are not seeing, are not sensing, and sometimes not wanting to. So, typically, without training, we will be taken for a ride by whatever mood or mind state or emotion arises. We might be taken for a big ride, we might be taken for a really little ride, But practice asks us to come into a different relationship with this. So when I am not mindful of chitta, when I do not know chitta as chitta and how it comes to be in this moment, and I don't mean an analysis of how it comes to be, but I mean how it is arising in this moment. Without this discrimination and sensitivity and wisdom and capacity to abide here and now, the rage, the mind state of rage, will take me and spin me into a very convincing set of propositions of self, of other, and of world. And I will believe that to be the truth. I have got the picture now. You know how it is with rage or anger. It's like, I've got it. I know how it is. Right? And there's a lot of suffering in that. The passionate love, if we do not see it clearly, we will adhere, glue, stick, bond to the images and the um, productions of our mind that come from that. And we will be taken for a ride. And this is dukkha, this is suffering. This practice of studying chitta as chitta does not deny rage or passionate love. It is a, that's not the point right now. The point right now is to look deeply and discriminatingly to see what can we find out so that we're not taken for a ride, that we can come into wise relationship, and more than that, we can use this reflection of the third channel to go deeper and deeper into the unbinding of the fundamental delusion that the Buddha asks us to look deeply into. Fundamental delusion about the nature of things that we may not even know we are deluded by, be so convinced we can be of our take on things. And this can go deeper and more subtle in our practice. So we can look at this third foundation of mindfulness at the tough end of our practice where we have spun really out and we're completely convinced about our take on self, on other and world. Right to the subtle end, the quiet end, where there is the subtlest sense of subject subtlest sense of object. What then is the place of the citta, this heart-mind, 
How can we know it in a way for suffering to cease? So citta, there's no real hard border between our cognition and our body, right? There's no kind of discrete citta that we can ultimately sort of extract out of reality and say, it's this. Because we know all three are switched on, our cognition, our affective, emotional tone, and our bodily sense are all switched on in any mood or emotion or mind state. We may not be mindful of it, but if I give an example, um, let's say I'm, I wake up in the, in the retreat center, I come downstairs, um, and I just notice this kind of like, uh, uh, God, three, four more days of this, three more days of this. Uh. Right? I'm in the story and I'm counting off. Right? But actually, if I look deeply, what I see, oh, there's this kind of counting. Uh, can't really do this. I don't really get it. That's the thought. What I might notice in the body is a kind of just like a kind of collapsing and a floppiness. And if I discriminate and look into the third channel, the chitta, the effective emotional tone, and sense it out, I might find, oh, what is that? Right? The mind is doing this thing, I can't do it, I hope it ends soon, I'm going to have pizza when I go home. <laughs> Body is kind of floppy. What's happening in this middle channel? Oh. Oh, wow, it's a, it's a kind of despondency, there's a kind of, it's, it's like the body, it's got this collapse in it, but in the heart it's like, oh, it's like the heart is collapsed, and how does that feel? It's like, oh, there's a kind of a, what is that? Oh, there's a sorrow and a sadness there. Oh, okay. Can I be with this? Okay. In a non-reactive way. Yeah, right now I can. That which sees the sorrow that which knows chitta as chitta is not bound by it. Other times we wake up, we had a good night's sleep, we had a great insight yesterday, body is feeling perky and upright, thoughts are, this is great, I'm going to sign up for the three-month retreat, I love it. Okay, and then we're taken and we're already there. We're not really here anymore and it's like next fall in Barry. It's going to be good. And there we are. And Okay, okay, stop, stop. Stop. Feet, got my feet. What's happening here on this channel? This middle channel. Oh, oh. <laughs> this kind of exuberant, sort of triumphant kind of, It's kind of like joy, but it's a little bit like kind of (laughs) triumphant glory. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Can I be with this? 
yeah, but, but it's going to be really good next time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Can I be with this? Can I feel it out here in the chitta? Ah, oh. and what happens when I sense deeper? And we can bring the Vedana lens here usefully to help us. Oh, oh yeah, it's kind of pleasant, pleasant. Pleasant. And what happens as you stay? One thing we will notice is, one benefit is we're not taken for a ride. But that's not the only thing the Buddha's interested in. I don't think so. Not just being taken for these really tough rides that we get taken from. Where we invariably get disappointed somewhere. Somewhere we get dumped off. Sort of benefit in this way, but it also starts to pique our interest. Like, okay, so if that's not ultimately who I am, this story that I'm building for past or future, even if I'm going to love it or hate it, I believe. What's actually going on here? And our spiritual antenna, antennae, can but get peaked that arouse in us sometimes a spark to wish to look deeper. There is more here than I know yet. And I want to know that. And that determination as the Buddha places his hand to the earth, I want to know what a Buddha can know. And of course, that could become another triumphant thing. But if we have a counter spin in the mind, another mind state comes in, who do you think you are thinking you can think you can know like a Buddha knows? Ah, there's the thought. Stop. Wow. It's like crushing, crushing in the heart. Can I be with that? Wow, this is unpleasant starts to unbind, it starts to soften, I widen my gaze. Taking care of this sacred spark that is not self, it is not me or mine. But who are we not to think? that this is possible for us. So to know chitta as chitta, at times this, this exploration can be quite simple and quiet. Can you know the expanded chitta, when the chitta has expanded, Can you know the expanded mind as the expanded mind? Can you know the contracted mind as the contracted mind? Can you know the mind affected by agitation as the mind affected by agitation? Full period, as you say here, full stop. Can you know the mind affected by joy as the mind affected by joy? The mind affected by lust as the mind affected by lust. The mind affected by hate as the mind affected by hate. The mind affected by kindness filled 
pervaded, suffused with kindness as the mind pervaded by kindness. And know that this is not me or mine. It does not belong here. Yes, I have some responsibility, but it arises due to the conditions of which I do not know them all, and trying to figure things out and explain will probably send me, some of it might be useful, but that's not the point here. An endless explanation will never, ever unflatten my heart and will never widen the dimensionality that the spark is drawn to. We can practice simply also tuning to this channel at times and to come with a very gentle lens. Ah, this is not me. This is not mine. This is not myself. This lens this way of attending to the citta is not to distance ourselves. It gives us a viewing point, absolutely, but it is also deeply intimate. It is not, this is not me or mine, go over there. This is a way of attending that is caring and beloved and allows something to soften when I am not clinging to a mind state as who I am. This is kindness. This is liberative. This leads onward. At times I find it really, really useful to bring in the frame with any mind state, actually. Ah, this is dukkha. This is unsatisfactory. Not as any value judgment, not as, absolutely not as a value judgment, but to know that this mind state, however good it gets, will not be my final home because it will change. So the dukkha lens, to be able to say, ah, this is dukkha, is not only for the difficult mind states. At times, if you're experienced, if you wish, or if you're ready to, we can bring that way of attending even in to what is beautiful and uplifting. Not as a dismissal, but as a way of saying, don't stop here, my love. There's more you can know. So please practice this today at different places. At at times it will be the tough end of practice, where we've been two hours planning our escape from, from IMS or whatever the mind has been doing, or looking forward to you know, whatever day it is, 
we're ending. Some of you don't know, that's amazing. <laughs> Maybe it never ends. Maybe this is it now. Right? But whatever we're doing... <laughs> In a way, that's a really good way to practice, right? <laughs> okay, all right, supposing I never get, get out of here. What, what will I do with that? That's, that's, the wisdom. that's the wisdom of no escape, right? Okay. This is what I've got. It's not that bad, actually. And, okay, but I still have this mind to deal with. <laughs> okay. Whatever your mind has been doing, the tough end where uh, we ha- we're spinning, it's like, you know, cotton candy where you put the stick in and the stuff all sticks to it. And then there I am in this kind of stop. <laughs> I, I think you're laughing because you recognize something about stop. Magic questions. What's happening right now? Don't know, don't know, something, I've got to go. No, what's happening right now? Oh, right now, I don't care about right now. Okay, what's happening right now? All right. Okay, let me find out. Feel my feet. Wow, mind is doing this thing. And what's happening here at the chitta? Wow, it's agitation. Can I feel it? I don't want to, but can I feel it? Yes. Can I be with it in a non-reactive way? I don't know if I can forever. I don't know if I can till Monday. But can I right now? Yeah. Okay. We kind of assent to what's here. Allowing, breathing, stay close, recognizing that your attention co-arises with the mind state. So how you attend will affect this mind state. If you come closer, like you zoom in a little bit, pay attention. What happens to that quality of agitation? Is that what it needs? Does it need you to zoom in closer? Or does you just get a little bit more flustered? Oh, I hate, really hate practice now. Maybe you need to widen out the lens. Your attention and the mind state co-arise. We are participatory. We don't cause. This is going too far. That's too much assertion of self. But somehow there's some subject with some agency here that I don't even have to call myself. But how shall I attend right now? What is sensitive to this mind state? And what is discriminating? that I can see and sense clearly and discriminate with labels. Some t- well, very useful practice is to have a name, a label for a particular mind state that arises. Really, really helpful. So we bring the cognition and the sharp clarity of the discriminating mind. Oh, this is fear. This is bitterness. Don't know what this one is yet. This is some kind of 
don't know if I have a word for it. What is it? Let me sense it a little bit more. Wow, this is kind of pride. Huh, I can feel, I can feel what that feels like in the heart. It has this kind of... The mind says, yeah, aren't I great? And the, the heart's doing this kind of puffed up thing and it has this sort of firm, triumphant quality to it. Use the names, the labels. This is sorrow. This is grief. This is lamentation. This is despair. This is joy. This is kindness. Resting in that knowing of what is happening. This is how our dukkha can start to unbind. Maybe just one or two final things. Practice at the quiet end also when you're quiet, breathing in, breathing out. There's no major mood going on. You don't even recognize that the chitta channel is on. It wouldn't occur to you necessarily. But it is. And it may be very subtle. And if we're willing to practice tuning into that channel, we will stretch and uh, stretch our capacity for both sensitivity and discrimination of the qualities of chitta. It's quiet. There's no label yet. You don't have to hunt for a label. But it's quiet. Breathing out. Wow, it gets really quiet. Quiet. Let me have an eye to the quality of chitta. Oh, I wouldn't even call this a mood or a mind state, but there's definitely an affect. There's always some subtle affect, coloring. Not having to hunt. Hunting is one useful part of practice. Come into this dance, this participatory dance of your attention and the chitta, and let yourself, as well as being a hunter and an explorer and an investigator, allow yourself to settle back and let the chitta impact you. Receptive. Wait till it touches you and you get the measure of her him, them. Sometimes we're investigating like this and sometimes that's not what's needed and we come right back. So the pacing, maybe this final thing, the pacing of this discrimination is not likely to be as quick as when your mind comes up with things when you know you can label things. Yet, wall is beige, sky is blue, the chitter is lovely. (laughs) 
It, it's too it's too gross. <laughs> it's not usually that. We might label it from on on high, but we want to actually be in an intimacy here, also. So it's not only by inference. Oh, I feel alright. It must be lovely in there. No, come and find out. Let the chitta speak to you, uh, like you might if you were approaching a an animal in their own habitat, respectfully, sensitively, not not assuming they're weak or or going to overpower you in the best case scenario, right? But take this now. Take the metaphor into the chitta. Let it speak to you. Let it come to you. Right. So this dance of active investigation and very receptive, being able to be impacted. Okay. So please wiggle if you need, and we'll begin. So at, t- at times, like with Vedana, we might say, okay, for a whole day, I'm just going to tune to this channel. That might be something that you decide to agree with yourself. It might be, okay, for half a day, I'm going to tune to this channel and keep like deepening that sensitivity. When we develop the muscle and the channel of chitta and discriminating and being sensitive to it, then it can be one of a multiple, multiple channels which we can both support us to handle our experience when the going gets tough and can bring us right into the... Um, when it's not tough and yet the spark in the heart says, go further, my love, there's more to see. Okay, so please take your posture upright and gentle. Establish your posture, mindfulness of body. Where the body channel is awake, alive. And wait, wait till you arrive. Wait till your body breathes and you know that you're breathing. No need to go looking. If there is a deepening available, allow this as you apply and sustain your attention. One breath at a time. Develop a taste for the quiet, 
And when you are ready, we can intend to have this channel be highlighted. as part of awake Receptive and switched on, stay awake. If you're sleepy, stand up. Let's practice diligently. Out of care. at times maybe out of desperation. At times, because we are drawn onward.
So just a couple of practical announcements. Um, today we begin the last cycle of the groups, today and tomorrow. Another day for practice. Please continue. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.